Hey, Paul, you went to uh, one of the coolest used bookstores in the country today. Yeah, that place is pretty cool. That place is amazing. Their comics sucked. I cleaned out a lot of good ones from them like 15 years ago. Yeah, I think they saw the same comics there. They're they're, they're not well kept, and there's a lot of Marvel and DC stuff, but aside from that, almost everything is just the most – like random crap I've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all like, there's no order to it at all. Yeah. They, they actually, they had a kind of order. They had the one table of long boxes that was broken up by titles, but it's funny because some of the titles that they had dividers for, I don't even know what the hell they were, but they, they were careful to give them their own section. Uh, And then there was another table uh, divided up alphabetically that had some better stuff than the other table that was like sorted out, uh, you know, by titles. Uh, yeah, I found a total of a couple of Valiant books, and they were all in kind of crappy condition, so I just, you know, whatever. That's better than the last – I mean, the last time I was there, it was a, it was a mess. When, I remember when I when I first went through all that stuff, and I spent – I must have spent all day <laughs> just <laughs> going through it. But yeah. I have a great Stephen King section. And, uh, <laughs> Is this a chicken yeah. barn? Yeah. Barn, yeah. yeah. They had a lot of other cool books. Like Amanda got uh she they have like before you go upstairs, like right at the bottom of the stairs, they have uh, a couple of little rooms that are all like main centric books, you know, like main authors, yep. books about main. Uh so she she said she she found like ten books in there she wanted and then she just narrowed it down to one to get this time. But uh yeah, so it was cool looking around all this stuff. There was a lot of really neat stuff downstairs, just nothing that I was uh gonna buy. But uh, yeah, I was I was hoping to get lucky with the comics, but no, no luck there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Just making sure. <clears throat> Just remember to turn off your Facebook notifications. I did. I figured it out. It's not Facebook. It's Skype. Ah. Because we use Skype at work, so there's people in different time zones, so they're always IMing. Uh, but yeah, I turned them all off. I'm gonna play uh, Spider Solitaire while we do this, though. If that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh lord. Let's get rolling. All right. So we're doing Exo 35 first, Exo- right? Yeah, we'll talk about a different Exo 35. Yeah. yeah. So should I quit on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Josh and I were talking about that. We're like, we should just have a fight on air. <laughs> it's not, but then you know what? I'm just too nice. Well, not only that, I don't want it to seem like, hey, they're ripping off these other guys. Yeah. Like how your website was Archie and my podcast was Stars Comics. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Hey, I did tell you about that. I know for a fact I did. I'm so- I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't remember. <laughs> Nick and I have been planning that episode since August. <laughs> start it up. Oh, buddy. I'm starting. Yeah, I'll start it. Yeah, you're the, you're the intro man. I wrote two intros. I'm good, so I'll yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Ivar's Long Box, where we take a random book from Valiant's past and see if it still holds up today. Today from the box, we'll be reading Exo Man Award number 35. I'm Josh. I'm Martin. I'm Paul. I think we got the intro down. Damn. <laughs>
that's like concise. Two in a row. Yeah, that that is that is that is concise. Now this is the part where we start to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> we did too good. What do we do now? <laughs> you know that actually it depends on how good the book is. I'll sc- you know what I'll do? I'll script the whole thing. And then <laughs> <laughs> But then I still won't edit it. <laughs> That's fine. Now you'll edit in silences and stuff to still make it feel awkward. Hey, I did bleep out some uh, F-bombs on the last episode. Yeah, it's because they're all yours. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't even catch yours, Paul. Yeah, you don't listen when I talk. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> it's true. Um, so let's talk about this issue. Um, I I really like the very first uh, interior page where uh, Eric is wrestling an alligator. I think that might be uh, my favorite page of this book. Super epic. <laughs> that is a big alligator. Yeah, it is. And then on the next page, that big old snake. God, if this thing would cooperate. Uh, what did you guys think of this cover? Uh, I showed this cover to my wife because um, she's never read any of the Classic Valiant. And she goes, what is that ring for? Ah. I said, <laughs> oh, that's how he controls the armor. She goes, that's lame. <laughs> oh no! I like this cover. Yeah, I like that. I do. I don't like the the vertical uh, bar down the side with the logo, though. I, I don't like when they started doing that with all the the Valiant comics. Mm-hmm. It uh, I don't know. It just it makes it seem kind of cheesy to me. It, it just it distracts from the rest of the art a little bit, in my opinion. I don't know if I, I like they were this trying cover. to. I think they were trying to distinguish themselves, you know, on the stands, trying to make themselves look a little bit different and and, and stand out. But, uh, yeah, the the vertical bar is uh, – it's weird for me too. I, I've never gotten used to it. You know how they could have uh, stood out from everybody else? They could have just made every cover chromium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean they're already more expensive books than everything else in the stands. So why not? So how come you don't like this cover, Martin? Um, I don't know. I've been. Is it because his his head's a little too small? Because uh, that's no, a no, thing. No, that, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> his like, body's a little too rectangular. <laughs> I don't think it's um it's Eric that I'm I'm concerned with. I think it's the scammers. I don't know yeah. if I like. I don't know. The, the good thing about this cover, though, I like the hand holding the knife and the ring. Um, I do like that part of the cover. And I do like that this cover actually has something to do with the interior of the book. I think uh, a lot of times the covers are just covers to look pretty um, and to kind of sell the book and don't have much to do with the inside. But this one definitely does. Well, I definitely uh, agree with with that in terms of comics today, but I think of this era of Valiant, you see a lot of covers that are pretty close to what's going on in the story. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think you saw it more often back then. Nowadays, you almost never see it. When you do, it's all it's just a, it's a huge surprise. This cover, it actually happens. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I think I guess that's what happens though, because you gotta solicit you gotta solicit the artist so far in advance and yeah. Mm. I like his little uh, dreadlock beard. That's pretty badass though. 
I think I'm going to grow me a dreadlock beard. <laughs> it's better than that German ponytail that we see later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Did you see the, the picture I put up? I put up a picture on, uh, I think it was in the EXO fan group. Um, the uh, Teutonic Knight, the Nazi EXO. Yep. That was something. I hope we get to read that soon. I hope so, too. Let's get back to the interior. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the first page is cool. Uh, actually, I, I like the first few pages. There, there was something about EXO battling all sorts of animals back in these original runs um, that I kind of like, uh, especially the, uh, the, the, the bion- what is it, Bionosaurs? So, yeah, something like that. Uh, the, the robotic dinosaurs that, uh, that Mother God creates in the Lost Land. I know that's not in this issue, but... Um, we get one at the end. Well, yeah. There's, there's something cool about that. Um, I don't know what it is. I guess you can't go wrong with dinosaurs, you know? Um, in terms of this story, though, <clears throat> you know, every time we do an episode, I always think, you know, how... If I were picking this up for the first time, would I continue reading the series? Um, and for the most part, that answer has been yes. But if I had come into this book with this issue, I'm not sure if I would have. Um, I just think there's there are too many threads from the past that pop up here. Um, and, you know, even though this particular arc ends with the next issue, um, some of the stuff that's going on in here continues, you know, farther down the line in EXO um, into the late 30s. You know, we've got the uh, the Wolf Bridge Affair comes up after this. So I don't know if this would be a good first issue to pick up. What do you guys think? I think if I were reading this, the, the one thing that wouldn't make uh, wouldn't inspire me to keep going is the, the whole German thread in this. Um, that just seems kind of – I mean because you know, just jumping into this, I have no idea what that is. Uh, so that has me a little lost. But the thread with with uh, Eric and you know, at the end, he's getting ready to fight a, a Bionosaur – uh, that's, you know, pretty badass. So if I picked up this, this book based on the cover, which if this was a random book, I picked up, that'd probably be why. And I flipped through and I was like, Oh, look at this stuff. I think I'd read the next issue based on this. I mean, even just the, the great cliffhanger at the end, he's about to fight a, dino, a giant robotic dinosaur. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. I agree that it feels, it does. It feels like a middle chapter, not only in the story that it's in, cause it's part two of three, but also because of the the Wolfbridge stuff that's coming up, yep. which I think pays off really great, and hopefully we'll get to read that um, at some point. But uh, I think the cliffhanger is really badass. Yeah, and even right before I, that, he's fighting dead dinosaurs. I mean, come on, dead dinosaurs, robot dinosaurs, what more do you want? I, I mean, I do agree that there's, like, this... Summers refer to unity and them being here for seven years refers to to the first couple issues of Turok and then the guy being powered, uh, the scammer being empowered refers to Chaos Effect and 
the the german stuff refers to the, you know the randy backstory that we've gotten on and off so i mean i do agree that there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that are going on but i i do, I do remember thinking at one point when i was reading this oh they they kind of explained what happened in the previous chapter well enough for me to understand because i i didn't read the first the first part of this just just read the second part um yep. and i because i wanted to to feel it and i mean certainly you know, I've read these comics a ton of times, um, you know, just to do the timeline alone. I, I read each of these issues, you know, at least three times when I was doing the timeline just so that I could not miss anything. But um, but I kind of don't remember it because it's been a while since I read it and, and I, I felt OK um, with it. I, I really like the art. Um, it's kind of in that valiant house style of that time. Um I really like the colors too. Uh, this is still this is not hand painted anymore though, right? Or is it? No, I think this is watercolor. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in some panels you can't really tell, uh, but in some it still has that feel. Yeah, there's not really like the exo armor. That's the place where you'd be able to tell, and there's never any time to me where it looks super shiny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I think, I really don't think that they started doing that until, um, Sears took over the run right. later in XO. And that's when you got the digital colors. So. And that's, that's not much later, right? That's probably what, seven, eight issues after this? Yeah, another 10, maybe yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, over, as an XO fan, I did enjoy the book. You know, I, I, I try to read these kind of as if, I'm somebody that's just picking them up. Yep. Um, and so reading it that way, I don't know if I would have enjoyed this as much. For the stuff we talked about, there's a lot of threads going on here um, that tie into a lot of other things. And I think that was kind of it, – it's a lot less obvious now with Valiant because I think they try to make the arcs very self-contained. You know, and there's there's threads that happen throughout that you know resurface. Uh, so you know, right now in EXO, we've got Dead Hand, and that goes back to Armor Hunters. Uh, but at the same time, you don't need to have read that, right? You get more out of it, but you don't need to have read that. With this particular issue, it, it's really not that way. Um, especially the stuff with Randy in Germany, um, and especially that because that's been a long running thread. And you know, as you said, it goes into the Wolfbridge affair after this. But it's an interesting story. I just, I, I think I would have liked to see it maybe somewhere else. And I don't know, so, if it would, I don't know if it would have made sense somewhere else though. So as uh, as somebody, uh, I'm reading Unity, but I haven't read any of the other stuff that you guys mentioned. Uh, so you know, Chaos Effect, all that stuff. I've, I've, I, you know, have heard of it so far, but that's all. So I, I, I didn't get any of those references. I kind of got they were making reference to something. But so being being in that place and, you know, knowing unity and knowing nothing else, the only thing that I felt was a, a little difficult to follow was the, the Randy and Germany uh, thread in the story. But everything else, I don't think that those references to past events uh, had any negative bearing on the story from somebody who uh, didn't read those. And so, so, and so that, Paul, that, that might be the thing, though, because having read a lot of this stuff, I've got some vague recollection and so as I'm reading it, some of that comes back into my into my mind, and I'm like, well, you know, 
I guess it kind of makes me a little biased and maybe I can't really look at this as subjectively as I could if I, you know, were to just to be a new reader to the book. Does that make sense? Sure. So does that mean it doesn't hold up for you? Uh, no, it holds up for me. Um, that part of the question I can't answer. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's some things that are a little dated, but just because the book is so old, but in t I think in terms of the story itself, it, it's still interesting. Um, I think some of the storytelling techniques, particularly the stuff with Randy, is still used today. Uh, some of the panel layouts and things like that. The coloring, you know, we, we keep coming back to that. It's obviously a very different style, right? It's not digital. So it looks different, but it also gives it like some kind of mystery feel to it, um, which I really enjoy because it's not something we see a lot of nowadays, except for you know some indie books that still use this kind of style and maybe maybe cheaper paper maybe that's also what it is kind of like a pulpier paper so the the first page that we see germany and we see randy being followed by i think her name was was it hope or was no june there it is so randy's being followed by june uh and it has the close-up of just half her face and you see the figure in the background that that type of panel layout feels so dated to me and it makes me think of uh reading all the old ninja turtle stuff how they did those layouts hmm. Not that I don't like it, but uh, it it just it screams that older style to me. See, so, I like so it. Does, you know, I like that pulp feel. Yeah. So does the book hold up for you, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, just like Martin was saying, there's some you know reading any books from the '90s. There's going to be some stuff and all this that feels a little bit dated. But I think that if you just took this story nowadays, and if you just uh, even you know, if even if you you just had an artist from now draw it, you know, trying to aim for the same style, it would just smooth it out into today's style, and you wouldn't even know the difference. I think so. I think it definitely holds up. I, I agree, and uh, you know, to go to your point earlier, Martin, about how the storytelling is a little bit different. I, you know, we live in an, in an age now where comic book storytelling is is they're writing for trades almost, you know, yeah. yep. they're writing four part, five part stories so that they can sell them for 1499, 1999 or whatever. And I, I really kind of miss the old days when, you know, books got to issue number 50 and you had threads that were, that were going throughout. And, um, I, I understand why it's different. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes it's, it's kind of nice to, read something that feels old fashioned in a good way. So I, I really, I really dug it. And I think, I think the cliffhanger pages just really kick ass. I mean, it makes me want to read the next book. Definitely. So. Uh, since you do trades on your other show. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you have some opinion on kind of the point you just made about how nowadays uh, the books are kind of, written to be published in trade but i have a lot of opinions about that <laughs> well, but i mean you know the, the the trades don't sell as well as the single issues so why do you think that it's so important to write the books for trade format when the trades aren't flying off the shelf i don't i don't know i mean i mean i mean 
there's a, I think there's a lot of things there. First of all, you, you know how many of a single issue sold because it's only sold for a month unless you get um, a reprint. Right. Right. But with the trades, you know, uh, some of some of the Valiant trades, I think they're on fourth printings of of some of them. So we don't really know exactly what the numbers are because because Comicron only reports the numbers for the first month in which the trades are out. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's some ambiguousness there. And then you also have the question of they get their three dollars and ninety nine cents for the issue um, but now they're reprinting it, so it doesn't cost them as much because hopefully they made their money back when when they sold the single issues. Mm-hmm. So for them, the trades would be essentially money in the bank. You you probably don't have to pay the the, the writers and the artists as much for because it's a reprint. I don't know how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they probably even though you know per issue that kind of stuff costs less. I would imagine that they make more money on the trades. The other thing about trades is I can go into my Barnes and Noble or my local books a million and they're there. And that's not the case. Um, if, you know, you go into a regular bookstore, you know, my regular, my regular bookstore only has, um, DC and, and Marvel. So that's a place where Valiant is represented on the shelves. And and so I think that's probably important to them as well. Well, and I remember recently somebody asked a similar question. I think it was um, because some of the new books are coming out uh, 40 pages instead of, you know, whatever they normally do, 20-something. Um, and Adam Freeman replied that it's actually cheaper for them to print uh, a 32-page book than to do a 22-page book. Yep. And so that's why they're not really caring about expanding the size of the book because it doesn't cost them anymore. It might actually be cheaper for them. Um, and that probably is the case with the trades, too. I mean, I, you know, you look at the trades, there are certain numbers that they're they're always hitting, you know, whether whether their cover galleries are showing, you know, the whole cover or or, or a smaller image of the cover. They're always trying to hit that 120 number yeah. one you know the 124 number or whatever you know yep. so that, that is probably the case with, with trades as well you, you you get you get deals based on how many pages they are yep that's true i mean I, i'll i'll be perfectly honest with you um if i didn't have a podcast about valiant comics i would probably be a trade waiter uh because i find it infinitely frustrating um to try to remember what's happening in a comic month to month when a story goes over sometimes up to six issues yeah uh it's very frustrating i mean i always read the recap at the beginning of every episode and and to me and and i think i've discovered this doing the podcast with nick to me when i when i read a trade you know i have the com- the complete story in my hands and i can finish it right then and and really digest it and think about it as a as a whole um so i just i guess i i guess i prefer that in 
with modern comics. Now, what we just read is totally different. This Wolfbridge thing, you know, with Randy goes, uh, what, 15 issues? Yeah, yeah. That they that they deal with this whole thing um, with, you know, repercussions all the way through. Um, yeah, know, I mean, the, the e- with, even after the Wolfbridge affair, there's still stuff happening. Absolutely, yeah, yep. Until Ron Mars takes over. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I see, I see your point. I see your point. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out my favorite panel in this book is when uh, what's what's the king's name? Aganon, um, yeah, the Scammer King. When he's sitting on his little uh, pterodactyl skeleton throne. Yeah. I think that's my favorite panel, and I he he looks like somebody else in here, and I can't think of who it is. I don't know. He he might look like a, like a naked Galactus sitting on a throne <laughs> with with his little uh, pimp juice cup. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So I guess it holds up then, huh? That's three votes for holding up. Yeah. Take that, Mike Myers. Pick this up. <laughs> I know Mike thinks we hate everything. We don't. We love everything. We I just... think we hated one book, and then uh, that, that, that's one hate. That's just like hating everything. We hated one book, and we disliked. <laughs> Like one or two, but we 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 love the last two, and this one's really good. What's the book for next time? Oh, sure. Um, let's see. Random.org is saying that we're going to read Secret Weapons number two. I like that book. Any final thoughts on this one? No, I think I ranted enough. Awesome, <laughs> Josh. Yes, sir. This is the part where you tell me where I can find you. Oh, you can find me uh, on on Twitter at I Want Valiant, or you can find me um, on my other podcast called Valiant Effort hmm. in, in your iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. I listen to that show. That's a good show. Thanks. I appreciate it. You guys I listened to uh, – yeah, go, go no, ahead. You just did uh, Death of a Renegade, which yes. was quite enjoyable. Our longest episode. I apologize for it being so long. No, it's but. cool. It was it was good. I'm glad, glad your uh, your wife was on there too. Yeah. And then well, you're gonna have her. Your Count Ducula. Yeah. Our April Fools. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it came out, I was like, download. I gotta listen to this. <laughs> um, I guess me. I'm at Valiant underscore Central on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, the website, you know the website, valiantcentral.com. You can also find Paul there. And Paul, where else can we find you? I'm on Twitter at Who's Paul. And we're also on the Valiant Central podcast, don't forget. Hey, I listen to that. Yeah, sometimes I listen to it. <laughs> I only listen to your podcast, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, until next time. Bye. See you later.